Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare. And I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the clinic gym hybrid model. And over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, wondrous episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by a couple amazing folks out in the Columbia, Missouri area, Dr. Kurt Kippenberger and his lovely wife and handler, Krista Kippenberger. <laughs> How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, handling is what we're doing. <laughs> doing great, man. Appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. And I'm super excited to talk to you guys about the uh, about your progression in the world of the clinic gym hybrid because uh, it's been exciting for me to to see it develop. Um, Kurt, I think we first talked about it when you were inside my gym five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. When did you come through Vegas? Was that? 2015. Holy smokes. Hard to believe that's five years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, can you guys give everybody a little bit of, of maybe background on kind of how big your facility is, maybe how many patient visits or whatever numbers to so give people some idea, how many exam rooms, some sort of layout so they can see it in their mind? Sure. Yeah, we, uh, we remodeled our space in 2017 when we added the gym and we currently operate out of about 3,500 square feet. We have four doctors and generally at least one uh, intern. Mm-hmm. Um, patient visit wise, uh, across our docs, we see somewhere around 1200 patient visits a month on average. Uh, and then the gym is about 680 square feet. Uh, we comfortably can operate a class of six out of that, but with COVID we've kind of limited it to three to four. Awesome. And for, uh, the, the three listeners on here who haven't served as interns at your clinic at some point, or at least stop by, <laughs> uh, let them know the name of it and, and where kind of what kind of city you guys are in as well. So yeah, we're focused on health chiropractic and our gym is called the movement lab. Uh, we're in Columbia, Missouri. It's, you know, kind of a medium sized college town, uh, about quarter million, uh, metro traffic and 150 mm-hmm. ish standing population. Cool. And you guys are basically in the center of the town. Roughly. No, we're, we're actually <coughs> on the outskirts. Actually oh, college man. students wouldn't even know where we were if they didn't, okay. if yeah. we didn't uh, kind of, sometimes I do like Mizzou interns as well. And so they'll come out here and they're like, I didn't even know this part of town existed. I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I would love to cover this. So back in 2015, you kind of, you know, we met each other in person. Um, and, uh, and I think that was just like the twinkle in your eye of adding a gym up to that point, you were just operating basically straight chiropractic office. Not no, we've a always... straight chiropractic office, a, a regular community chiropractic office. I should say it like that. Yeah. We've always offered rehab. Uh, so before I took my first SFMA course with you in 2012, we, we do a lot of stuff from Craig Liebenson's book and mm-hmm. uh, Stu McGill's work. And I think what we were doing was good for the time. And the mm-hmm. SFMA kind of opened up a, a huge lens of opportunity to expand our rehab. 
And then, you know, chatting with you at that first course, I definitely wanted to come and check out Biomechanics Las Vegas because I'd always wanted to incorporate a gym somehow. We had some great relationships with other studio facilities, um, one of which is actually an FMS gym here in Columbia. Um, and, and that was a good model. Like we would, we would refer a lot of people that way. The trainers were great. I interacted with them a lot, trust them. I trained with them, but yeah, when you started talking about the idea of keeping it in house, um, or at least a lot of it in house, uh, that really sparked my interest. And at this time, when you say you were always doing rehab, were you just doing that inside the patient exam rooms? I mean, <laughs> Well, our first office was 1,200 square feet, and we laid it out like a traditional chiropractic office. So there was absolutely zero room for rehab. And Good. we would knock down a massage table and do rehab in one of those rooms. I mean, we came when, out in the waiting room, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let's, let's go back here to another room. <laughs> and that was back in the day when we were like standing on top of physio balls and doing squats and stuff. So, yeah, you know, Paul Check. Pretty baby. epic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And so Krista, as this kind of idea, uh, kind of came to Kurt about, Hey, let's, let's open this up and keep it in house since you, you're doing the business operations day to day. Right. And, and oh, yeah. you're coordinating things. What was your thought? Like it wouldn't work or it was going to be a pain in the butt or what, what were, what'd you kind of start off thinking? I, so when we, after we moved out of that 1200 square foot office, we moved into kind of like that medium office and we did have room then for rehab. And so I kept telling him, you have enough space over here. You have enough space here. And I couldn't really understand what he wanted out of a gym space. I'm like, that's just going to be open for, and we're never going to use it. It's going to be wasted space. And so um, I think until he actually showed me in Las Vegas, like this is what it could be that I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Uh, now I get it. And because we had that relationship with the gym, I just never thought about bringing it in, but um, yeah. So now it's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now not to, uh, I want to kind of keep going down the, the path here, but you know, you just brought up a good point. Like you had that relationship with the gym when you added it in house, did that mean that that relationship ended or is that can that relationship continued on? Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> excuse me, out of respect to, you know, the principal gym that we worked with mostly, I actually took this idea to the owners and, one of the owners literally looked me in the eye and he was like, do you not think that there's enough effing people in this town that we're both going to be just fine? And uh, yeah, no. So the relationship continues to flourish um, and we still refer people over there. There, there, <clears throat> there are needs inside of our gym that we just, we don't have the space to meet. And uh, um, they do a lot more with body composition and lifestyle advice. And when people are really wanting that kind of, that kind of work or attention, uh, in their fitness programming. Um, we, we welcome that wholeheartedly and refer aptly. Yeah. And do they refer people back that are maybe too banged up or, or multiple previous injuries that just can't hang with the classes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say over the years, just because we've all kind of came into having our maintenance, you know, clients or patients, um, we see less referrals, but uh, we still co-manage a ton of their clientele. And uh, anytime that they have something that their clients aren't capable of doing in the gym because of a mobility issue or because of pain, uh, we're, their, we're their number one choice. Awesome. Well, you're number one in our hearts too, Kurt. I want you to know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so going back to the past, so you moved to this medium-sized office, I think, Krista, you're saying, and, and Kurt, comes up with this harebrained idea of adding the, the gym in-house. 
from a logistics standpoint, what were the things that were kind of rolling over in your mind about what needs to happen, what needs to change, what we need to do? Because I, I'm lucky enough to know Kurt, uh, and he is, um, if nothing else, man, he's got motivation and excitement, right? <laughs> but I can only imagine trying to wrangle it in, into a functioning business. I think there's a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, a business coach that said, if it weren't for the operators, the dreamers and, uh, you know, the dreamers would be sitting drunk on a curb, bankrupt, talking about the business they almost had going. <laughs> so, yes. Yep. <laughs> I think I still do that occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> but at least the, the, yeah, you can sit on the curb drunk, but at least she has the bills paid and make sure that you're not going to, you know, <laughs> you have a bed to go sleep in that night. Yes. <laughs> So what needed to change or, or what were your big hesitations? What needed to change? Uh, gosh, <laughs> Josh, that seems like so far away ago that I can't even remember what my mindset was at that point. I hold on. Let me try to think about, yeah, let me give you some time and let me just explain why I'm asking because I think for a lot of people listening, like the transition from going from treatment and then adding rehab literally can happen at a weekend seminar, right? You go to the SFMA seminar and you're like, oh, I can just do rehab right here. It's not a huge jump for us. Uh, but that's because in our mind, it all makes sense. And we were just walked through a framework and a flow chart that, hey, here's how it goes. But when you go back to implement that or bill for it, or make sure that there's coverage or there's time for it, or make sure that that time that it's going to take, uh, you know, we're like, oh, it's just going to take me a couple extra minutes. I think you as the operations person goes, a couple extra minutes times every patient we're now a day and a half behind on appointments, you know, like, and sometimes we don't realize that stuff as clinicians. Cause it's just like, well, I'm just going to do this real quick. At least that's how it happens with me. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Kirk can chime in here since he is like, I feel like the trainer of kind of that, that aspect of it. I, I go along with it and I, I, try to manage it, but I feel like he is like, puts the people where they need to be and, and the time he's kind of watching that as well. So maybe you can answer that better than I can. Yeah. I think part of it is assembling a team because if you, if you're moving away from just traditional Cairo or traditional Cairo plus rehab <clears throat> to get people to, <clears throat> excuse me, man, um, to get people actually meaningful movement-based rehab or meaningful movement-based classes, you're, you got to step through a crossroads and it's, can you charge enough for you as a clinician to be that person and be all things, or is it better to delegate? And, you know, that, that's just going to really depend on regionally where you are, what reimbursements, if you're cash or insurance-based. And so I think assembling the team is, is a big part of it. Um, the time is, is huge too. You've got to look at especially for us, since we operated as mostly a traditional Cairo plus rehab clinic for so long, our patients would spend maybe 25, 30 minutes with us. But when they're doing that, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of Cairo treatment and then 45 minutes to an hour. Now we're, we're talking about their schedules as well. So we've got to figure out, you know, times that work well for the Columbia community. And again, that can be different for everywhere. I'll tell you what, this year has been really convenient because everybody's been working from home. And the people that were in the gym, um, yeah, they, they were like water. They went wherever the appointment times were. So that's I'm not great. sure if that's what you're looking for, but uh, no, at least maybe we're in the right book. Yeah. 
And so progressing along that, so you get to this point, you add your, you kind of have that medium-sized clinic, you guys start doing rehab, you have the open space. And then when you have the larger clinics, now you're out of 3,500 square feet and you decide to commit a rather large portion. I mean, 700, what was it? 780? Is that what you said? 680? Yeah. 680, 700. Yeah. So uh, that's a big chunk of the office, right? Mm -hmm. And you decide to commit it to a gym right? Uh, an actual yep. operating gym, not just a rehab space. Uh, how'd that progression go? Of like, hey, let's actually start doing exercise. Because I think a lot of people can do rehab, you know, and even rehab, it starts looking a lot like a gym, but it's not declaring, sticking a stake in the ground, declaring, hey, this is going to be an actual fitness facility. Well, I think we even tried to use our current team to fill that gym need. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, I think we're going to use this CA and, and you're going to start training. I don't know how we even thought that would work. Like we're going to also borrow your time, you know, the team's time to do that exercise within the gym. And uh, she did a really great job at like getting it off the ground or somehow like, well, even before that, uh, I think I know what you're referencing. Even before that, when we finished the build out uh, and we started this idea, one of our CAs at the time who helped us with manual therapy and helped with some of the rehab, uh, we put her through the FMS course and um, yeah, we're like, okay, here's a gym, like Do go it. for it. Make it work. <laughs> and, um, you know, those the two that were involved with it at the time, they, they had a handful of clients that would come over and they did some stuff with them. But I mean, there was no structure. There was, there was nothing. I mean, it was just, we had this space that we were all dressed up and no place to go. And then the second, the, the trainer that we actually brought in to really start it, I mean, we were really fortunate to go to your super conference down in Austin. And that, that's where the light bulb really flashed. Um, when you and, Dan Leonard and all of us came together. And I, I don't know if it was you and Dan that came up with the idea of making it a part of the treatment plan versus just an accessory to the Cairo clinic. That was huge for me. And, and so I started literally just writing stuff down that weekend. And when we came back, uh, we created a return to play strategy for every single one of our patients. And that was the big turning point. I mean, our gym isn't, isn't crushing it by any means, but, um, we're getting a lot better results with our patients because they are going through the gym and they are getting to move and load themselves. Uh, but I think the puzzle pieces are finally coming together where the gym can scale and be its own, you know, yeah. it's, own I, I definitely want to cover that. And, and Krista, I would love to cover the, uh, the function of the gym within the operation of the clinic, logistically moving patients around, but also like, was it worth it financially to establish that space as a, different type of treatment. But Kurt, uh, I just want to go back to something you said, because when you're at that super conference, so the, the goal of super conference, um, back when, you know, number one, it was to get people together, which is highly looked down upon now, but we were actually trying <laughs> to get people together. And what it was, was a, a day of all the business operations and systems. And then a day of the CFSC for those who weren't able to attend the, um, certified functional strength coach program. So it was a systemized exercise program one day, and a systemized business plan, the other. Um, you said that, you know, making it a part of the treatment plan was a big deal. And yeah. I'm glad you said it like that because sometimes, you know, what I think is like, oh, this is just how it is. You're just, when you have the gym, you just make it part of every treatment plan, right? 
But what, what went through your mind and what were some of the big points you took home that time of how to actually do that? Because I think there is some hesitation out there with people who want to change their model or even are looking at starting. And it's like, uh, the, the facility might have both options, but there, there's not a clear line from A to B. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was we were, we just had so many friction points when, when the trainer that we had at the time would do a functional movement screen, she believed in what she was doing. The clinic believed in it. Um, but it was, I don't know, I, I guess maybe it was because it was an option and there's so many options. I mean, people get menu anxiety about gyms, right? Like they could go to the big gym in town. They could go to all the other studios or they could come to the chiropractor and go to the gym. And that was just like, it was kind of weird because it was, it was a part of it, but it wasn't really integrated. And so, and I get, I don't think it really had a system into how to flow people into the gym. We we hadn't really established that system to get people to be like, oh, okay, well, what's the first step? We didn't know. We're like, oh, if you say yes, then, then we'll go, you know, so. I think when Kurt came back and said, this is the system that it's supposed to be, we, we ran with it. Cause then we had like something on paper that said, this is how, well, this is the first step for the patient to get in the gym. And I know you've mentioned. What was that? Uh, what was that first step? So, I mean, like somebody, like you're saying, you're saying, Hey, people, they, they wanted it. They want that service. And it, it is funky that we go, Hey, we want to offer the service. And then, and I've seen this a hundred times, we want office service, we want everybody in the gym. And then the person goes, okay, I want that too. And then it's like, uh, uh, and it's like, what do we do? It is that next new patient you have, the doctor says it right there in the exam. All right, so we're going to get you treated. And part of that is in the gym as well. And I'll tell you more about it in our report of finance. And then the report of finance comes around and you say, okay, we're going to, these first two weeks, we're going to do adjustments. We're going to get you out of pain. And then, then this next four weeks, you're going to be in the gym twice a week with Amy and blah, blah, blah. And, and so the doctor paints it right there. This is part of the treatment plan. This is what I expect. And then, um, uh, so it's like, it's not just that the doctor paint paints it to the patient. It's almost like you guys had to tell yourself, we're going to treat yes. you for two weeks and then we are going to move you to the gym. And then you had your, I'm sure you had a mirror in every room and they had to look into it and say, I'm going to move this patient into the, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Amy's going to take them from there. Yeah. All right. Well, and so you committed to familiar. it. Yeah. You committed to it. Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm talking over you. So I, you committed to it by telling them early on, Hey, and basically you're breaking the seal. And I think this is important for people to hear. You got to do that from the day one. If you wait for the third week to introduce this idea, the fourth week, or when they're out of pain and they're and you're really thinking about, oh, well, the next step is it's already too late. And that's not just in the clinic. I mean, I'll tell you in the gym, if you run a challenge and you're like, hey, we're doing a weight loss challenge, it's six weeks long. The absolute worst time, the absolute worst time to try and sell them, as crazy as it sounds, is after the six weeks to try and get them into membership. Crazy enough, the best time to sell them is week one when they haven't had any success. For whatever reason, we as humans psychologically will commit to you then. But man, once we go through six weeks, it's like, hey, I lost, you know, 18 pounds. I feel great. I'm sleeping better, blah, blah. And it's like, let's, let's sell them into membership. You can't get hold of them. You can't reschedule them. Their motivation's lower. And you would think on paper, that looks like the perfect time, right? I'm going to, after I get you to lose 18 pounds, I'm going to have you sign up but it's not. It's before they've lost a pound that they're most likely to sign up. So 
I hope everybody's listening here. Like this is from the battlefield information, like do it day one. It, there's not a better time. And there, and, and just coming from a lay person. And I always say that in my practice, I'm like, I'm your patient. I'm the one who you have to tell me wh- what you're going to do. They want to plan and they want to know that you're confident enough that we're going to fix you and we're going to make you even better than you were before because we're going to put you in the gym to move you. And so when you have that confidence and you have that plan for them, they didn't have a dream. They didn't have a plan that they were going to follow. They just knew they were in pain. Okay, well, that's the easy part. I'm going to get you out of pain first, and then I'm going to make you even better by putting you in the gym. So I I think when you can give them that picture, they're going to follow it because that sounds better than they even thought. Now, how is that now that you are, this is just, normal operations is to make sure that the gym is included in the treatment plan. How do those patients feel? How's their confidence level? How's their thought of the chance of the, of you guys actually fulfilling on this, which all patients have that doubt, right? Like I'm, I think I'm in the right place, but we'll test it. How has that affected the confidence of the patients fulfilling their treatment plan versus back before you offered that? So before it was, Hey, we're going to get you out of pain. And then we'll part ways. And now you're saying, now we're going to get you out of pain and then get you exercising. And I'm sure there's some people listening going, well, that's going to put up a huge barrier. That's going to create more resistance because I'm, uh, I'm selling them on this long-term thing. But my experience is, well, I don't want to tell you my experience. I'd love to hear your experience first, and then I'll tell you my experience after. Yeah. One, we had some really great systems set up prior for people to follow their treatment plans. Um, and, you know, especially after adding, you know, Kyra up as a software, we realize how many people are actually opening and looking at the exercises that we prescribe just out of the rehab department. So we've, we've had a good buy-in for rehab for a long time, but I can honestly say when we implemented the gym and we said, this is part of your treatment plan, there's like sparkles in people's eyes. Like they're like, whoa not only do you want to get me out of pain, not only do you want to give me some self tools at home, I came in and telling you that I can't lift my kid up. And you're telling me that your goal for me is to lift a, you know, a hundred pound kettlebell off the floor. I think that, I think that the people that we are serving are a lot more engaged and I think they really enjoy their care. It's actually a more fun work environment too. I think our team is really more engaged because they're seeing people not only take control of their own health, but then we're breaking down these barriers of people. One of our our trainer, Amy, right now for like five or six meeting weeks in a row, her good news was this one client that was really, really in a lot of self-doubt. She was really kind of depressed. And now, I mean, her goal is to, you know, do a body weight pull-up. She's deadlifting her body weight off the floor. I mean, the empowerment that that's given this woman is is super incredible and it's really impactful. And I think like our wellness patients or our maintenance patients that when we had got them to, before we added the gym, when we got them to kind of that maintenance phase where they're just coming in for chiropractic, they'll still come in and we'll have these conversations and meetings about they have this issue now. They have this mobility issue now. And it's like, if we had them in the gym or could get them to the gym, they wouldn't have this now. Like we were not serving them right by just prescribing chiropractic as their maintenance. Now we can do the gym side and 
really make that the maintenance part of it, they wouldn't come back with these issues. And so that's one of the challenges we're having now is how do we get the rest of the population who are maintenance, who sees the gym once a month over there and says, uh, what do I do with that? And so after reading your book, I'm reading, I'm doing those emails you had said to send out. So we're doing that right now to everyone in the, the office, just to educate more about what that gym is over there and what it can do for you and things like that. That's awesome. Well, uh, I think right now would be a great time. I need to do a re a live read for our sponsor, which is clinic gym connect, but you just reminded me of it because you know, the point of clinic gym connect for those listening uh, is to make sure that you're communicating on a regular basis with your clients. And the best way to communicate for today's clients is through text messaging. Uh, emails are fantastic, but it's harder and harder to get people to open them up and read them and watch them. So Clinic Gym Connect is a text-based communication software that allows us to talk to our patients, to inform them. And one of the great things you can do that Krista just reminded me of is send out a series of automated text messages with a link to a video. So if you wanted to explain a new service you're offering, like a gym, you can record four videos and send them out two days apart, you know, and we can grab those people early on with that uh, and put them into that automation early on. So they understand why we offer fitness as a, as an option, how to get involved when it is. And then we can all even make them a special offer based on their condition or based on their uh, how many appointments they have left and whatnot. So it allows that communication to happen so that nobody is left wondering why, uh, why there is a, a gym in the office and, everybody understands because we've done a good job of explaining to them. So if you're interested in that, check out clinicgymconnect.com. Once again, that's clinicgymconnect.com. So now we're going to go back to Krista and Kurt. So you just reminded me of that. So I thought it was a perfect time to do our sponsorship message um, because communicating is such a big deal with patients. I mean, once you establish communication, I think like they're portable. I say they're portable. So if you're, you know, during COVID, if you're like, Hey, we're doing a park workout and you got to let them know, that'd be a good measure is if you can get the message out, like, uh, you know, there's all these fancy marketing schemes, but it's just like, are you just communicating regularly? You know? I know. And you said that in one of, whether it was a podcast I was listening to that you think that your patients know what, what is offered in the clinic. You think that you're communicating, but it's, it's probably the fact that you're not. So just over communicate so that you are getting the word out that there is a new service or that the gym is over there to be to for yeah. them as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. There are examples every day. I mean, even in personal relationships, like, you know, Kurt, if you just remind Krista, Hey, uh, I'm don't forget, I'm picking up the kids from school today. You almost can't say that too many times, right? There's no downside to you. I know uh, you told me last night, it's like, all right, well, I just want to make sure like there's no downside to that, you know, and uh, as long as you're not annoying and not a pest, it's crazy, but you would be shocked at not just you guys, but every practice in the United States and has a service. And if you ask half the patients in there, did you know that we offer massage? Did you know we offer a gym? Did you know we offer, you know, baseball evaluations? Half of your patients are going to say no, no. or they're going to say I kind of knew that, but I didn't think that I was allowed to, or that I was, you know, could do it right. or not. And it's, it's so funny. You want to pull your hair out? Like, my God, like we sent 750 emails. Yeah. I'll tell you a crazy one. Uh, we have an app for our company. Clinic Gym Hybrid has an app, a custom-made app. We spent a ton on development, a ton on, you know, we have a whole team that puts content in there. And the other day, one of my team members who was hired after that thing goes, Hey, uh, 
someone on Facebook said you have an app. Is that true? I'm like <laughs> our internal team didn't know that. And I'm like, oh my God, I have failed. I have failed. <laughs> you know. Anyways, so uh so let's go back to something you said earlier, Krista, that I, I really loved is you mentioned that the the attitude or the feeling in the clinic changed once you added the gym. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that or talk a little bit about what the changes you noticed were? Because one of the things I, I love about interviewing both of you is Kurt's basically in the off, in the exam rooms, working on people, doing the history and whatnot. But because of that, I think you're distracted by the overall sense of what the patients are like that day, right? You're getting these one hit, one hit, one hit, whereas Krista sees the flow of things. And sometimes mm-hmm. those two things have a little bit different story or a little bit different sense. So I'd love to hear how that went for you, Krista. Um, I think the the definite attitudes is you hear a lot more patients going or giving a testimonial on the fly. Like they'll get up from an exercise and they're like, wow, okay, yes, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because that made me feel good. Um, or I'll hear somebody in the gym with Amy, like the other day, um, someone was working out with Amy and like, she knew a new patient who was coming over to get like her first exercise. And she was like, I love this place. I, I'm just working on getting stronger now. And, and the, the lady's like, Oh, you are. Oh, wow. And you know, so they were just like, she was like selling her on like, you've got to get over here and you've got to be part of the gym. And so um, I love that because we can always go into meetings and talk about good news because it's all over the office. People are yeah. just like overflowing with testimonial and, and good news. And sometimes, you know, as a team, we forget that that's not everywhere. That doesn't happen everywhere. Like, um, and so that's why we like to bring it up in meetings is like people are not hearing this in everyday doctor's offices or even everyday chiropractic offices. And so, um, yeah, just a good reminder. Yeah. I, I mean, there are days in clinic where for whatever reason there are, you know, you get a string of happy people towards the end of their care plan, but man, there are days in clinic where it seems like everybody is worse than the day before, or they've got some crazy, either emotional issue or crazy, you know, they, they just lost a family member or they're in tons of pain or you're getting new patient after new patient that's just dying in pain and it just wears you down. But one thing that's so great that I know is about having a gym is there are very few bad days in a gym. I mean, like right. even if they start out that way by the middle of it or end of it, you get a couple people high-fiving each other, that changes the mood of the whole building, you know, and it just fills that place. And it's really tough to have a, a rough day in the gym. Even if the person has a quote-unquote rough workout, like Chris, I know you've been working hard over the last six months on a couple things and you might have a quote unquote rough day, but a rough day in the gym is 1100 times better than, you know, most rough days elsewhere. So, well, I'm yeah. Sure. And I'm like that 7am worker outer. And so like, I am not always in like the best mood when I start, but I'm like at the end, yeah, I'm ready to go and conquer the day. And yeah, I, by yeah. the end I'm in a really good mood. Yeah. Kurt, have you noticed a, a difference in patients you know, we talk about the biopsychosocial model of healthcare, and I think uh, the social aspect definitely gets short shrift because we don't get them into social situations for rehab and exercise. And even the psycho part of, you know, like body weight pull up as a, you know, shoulder or neck rehab is almost unheard of, yet 
what that does for patient buy-in and whatnot is so different. Um, what have you noticed uh, the changes of your patient base as you've added the exercise and the, especially those that get at least into their first, second, third exercise portion as part of their care plan? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely see kind of like the, uh, the cheers thing kicking, right? Like, so you'll get a handful of clients and patients that are sharing the same class and Krista's class actually that she's in is some of the most consistent people week in, week out. <clears throat> and so when I'm in the treatment room with these, these folks, they're talking about the camaraderie that they've, you know, joining the gym, how Krista likes to give people shit and, um, you know, that this person squatted more than that. So yeah, it, it, it really has created almost a community. You know, that's something that CrossFit did really well, right. As they created yeah. a community and that, that following bred success. And I, I think that that's what we're seeing too, is we're, we're kind of creating more of a, a place to go versus just a thing to do. If that makes sense. Yeah. How about the, the willingness or, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, clinicians struggle with, patient compliance, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, they're not complying and doing their homework. Uh, has that changed with the addition of the gym? I think to a certain degree, I think that we're getting more people that are continuing to do, you know, their home stuff on a more consistent basis. I think in the past, we've been really successful at getting people to do their home stuff until they're out of pain, uh, but not making that a, a regimen. And you know, part of the system that we've created is, you know, on our first day, we do our evaluation, we do a clinical audit, we render our differential diagnosis. The second day, we do our report of findings, um, do treatment, give them their first layer of home exercises, and really following that reset, reinforce, retrain, and reloading strategy the SFMA teaches, we tell them, this is what you're responsible for at home. Like we have a three, a three leg ladder or a three leg stool here. I mean, we've got our clinical team, our performance team and you. So this is the stuff that you're responsible for. And if you do your work, I know these other two guys are going to do their work. We have no doubt that you're going to get great results. So then when they come back for their, their third treatment or essentially their, their third day in the clinic, now we're starting to work through that four by four matrix and as soon as they feel, whether it's pressurization or uh, their glute engaged for the first time, whatever, there there literally is like a spark that goes into their eye. And one of my one of my docs here in the clinic, um, Dakota, he did a presentation for one of our training days. They get a movement experience now. Before we gave them exercises, I think what the gym offers is a movement experience and. The return to play strategy is part of that. The in-clinic rehab is a part of it. The patient's take-home stuff is a part of it. And then once they hit their FMS, they get a whole nother set of take-home exercises. So it, it progresses them at home as well as in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And the FMS, you know, was first developed as like a discharge criteria right. for a, a PT clinic. And, and I'm sure once your patients get that FMS, uh, how would I say this? Your young interns realize that they better bring their A game because the FMS is going to audit them, right? Like, <laughs> yes. by the way, you did a great job on the right hip they complained about, but the left hip is garbage. What are you doing about it? You know? Right. So I think you guys probably have the best system. Uh, you reminded me, I know uh, Dakota is a uh, stud and uh, your Clinton, like 
that kid's just got a motor inside of him and, and it's awesome. And you put to get, put through a bunch of other interns, um, you know, Ryan and Tyler Panko, uh, who had to step up like Superman. Um, and it sounds like a great experience. I know you guys also have a program to train young interns if they're interested in this model. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that for some folks that might be at that point, if they're listening, this yeah. is really for people at the tail end of their chiropractic college career, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we have a few options. I mean, one of the, one of the greatest benefits is the preceptor program, regardless, like find a good office, go learn from somebody you respect, somebody you trust. It was one of the most influential pieces of my academic experience, but you know, places, good chiropractic offices can't take every intern. I mean, we only can really, we can only handle one at a time and there's, you know, you got to be out for three years. Finally, Ryan's going to be able to offer, you know, another preceptor opportunity. So we might be able to house two at a time, but we also are putting together a program that will kind of coach you through processes from an online standpoint. And We've lovingly called it Tri-11. Um, I know there's quarter systems and tri-systems. I was a tri-system, so it's Tri-11 and not Q13, which actually sounds kind of cool. Um, but, uh, and yeah, it, it'll basically give you a framework of how to create a business model and some systems that we think are important. And, and that can include the gym that if that's not your bag, then there's, you know, obviously ways that you can do it. But, you know, from what you hear in your podcast and interacting with you, especially if you're a movement-based chiropractor, there's really no better way to practice uh, by incorporating a gym because uh, talk about audit, you have a test at the end. Um, the FMS is a great audit. And then, you know, if you start to load your patient and they're still in pain, man, you didn't serve them as a chiropractor. You didn't serve them as a movement specialist. Um, and so I, I like that accountability of having the gym in the clinic. Yeah, it makes everyone better, right? It's better care for the patient and also makes the team better. And you can see like, I thought I... St- I did a good job of retraining that hit, but as soon as they grabbed a kettlebell, it all fell apart. You know, right. I think that semantic good. change in the SFMA was really brilliant. Um, you know, I think the retrain is definitely there, but the reload is huge too, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one thing to be able to pick up a laundry basket or a kid, but uh, can you do it automatically? Is there, you know, mm-hmm. conscious competence and unconscious competence there with that movement? Right. Yeah. So for anybody listening, that's maybe considering this, uh, the addition of this to their regular clinic or they're launching, what, what tips do you guys have for maybe a final thought or a final tip on, you know, do X, Y, Z first. Um, because it, I think Kurt, you were lucky enough to already have that seed planted. And then, you know, we came up with the super conference at about just having to be almost right perfectly in line with your timeline. And, um, and it was, <laughs> That was a pretty damn fun weekend too. It's fun weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we, our most recent preceptor who left, you know, went to Kansas city and I looked at him when he was leaving and I said, this is your chance to start the gym from patient one. They will know no different. You will know no different. And it, it's, you know, it's starting from day one because he was going into a practice where he was renting a room that also had a gym access. I was like, perfect, just do it. And so I think just being able to take the knowledge of knowing how a gym works and then just starting it in that practice from day one and nobody knows any different is is pretty cool. But if you're trying to start it, like 
now and you're in a regular practice, start with that next new patient. You know, it, it, it's Tuesday at 1 p.m. Okay, that's that's when we're starting to offer the gym and um, or in their treatment plan gym. And that's that's going to be the new system. It's just put in place right there. Yeah. And and have the confidence to know that it works and um, get, hand them the plan and walk it. The uh, one of the most impressive things I've seen over the last year, we have a, a guy that's I've done a little bit of consulting with him, and he has a rents a room from another chiropractic office, and he believes in exercise so much that for six months he had a use agreement with his apartment complex and their gym to bring patients in there and work with them. And that's it was like awesome. two blocks from his office. And he's like, all right, Tuesday afternoons and Thursday afternoons, we're in the gym over here and work with them. Cause you know, apartment complex gyms never get freaking used. And they had a great gym they'd invested in. And uh, I was like, Dude, that's commitment. I mean, cause it, 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 like to me, I'm like, there's some you know sense of like, it doesn't have exactly what I want. It's a little bit embarrassing. It's, you know, all these things. And he's like, this is what patients need. They just need the gym and I have access to this gym. I'm going to do something. And they were renting it to him for something like he said that the guy's like, I don't know how cheap I can do it, but I, how would you feel about $64 a month? <laughs> He's like allowed to bring as many patients as he wants in there for $64 a month. He's like, yeah, I think I can handle that. So anyways, awesome. yeah, but I was just impressed. Like, man, what a commitment. Like you have access to that facility and you are saying, Hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring every patient here and you do it every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. So I was wildly impressed, but yeah, you're right. Like, was, there, there's so many opportunities the out there. Is yeah. to is how will that, that, that comes across is how will I also do the exercise? And so I was telling Ryan, who was our recent preceptor, I'm like, well, you offer a 7am, then you go to the, to the office at 830 and you start training patients. And then maybe we have an afternoon class that you block off and that's yep. you also train or an evening. And so if it is, you just running the show and you're only a one man, you can still do that mm -hmm. and still offer the gym and, and, you will grow so quickly. You'll need a trainer very quickly. And then also, a front, or a front desk, you know, like front mm -hmm. desk and trainer can be the same person maybe, or, right. you know, front desk trainer, CA, they, they can do a lot of, a lot of things. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's impressive. So Kurt, what's your, what's your big tip? I think, you know, especially if you're still a ways out from graduating, if, or, I mean, gosh, even if you're in practice, it doesn't matter. Go, go find a clinic gym, like go live in it for a second shadow. I mean, that's, it's exactly how it started. I, I, I had the idea. I just didn't, I couldn't see the picture. And when I saw biomechanics, Las Vegas, I was like, wow, this is what it could be. And, um, I mean, shoot, I was in practice for five years and we still 10 years and, and I hope to be doing it 30 years in a practice. We will go shadow docs that I respect and, that we think that we can learn from and take some stuff away and just co-share things. Um, so I think getting out there and, and seeing it in action, uh, that's, that's something that our shadowers say a lot. They're like, we really love this idea, but we couldn't figure it out. And they were in the same shoes I was. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds silly, but continue to listen to folks that you bring on the show. And um, there's so much to learn from you know, the Chip Blems and uh, all the other folks that are following the clinic gym model. I think that, I think that initially I was like, okay, I saw biomechanics Las Vegas. I think I've got that figured out. And then when you were rolling out clinic gym, 
we had established a good friendship at that point. I was like, man, yeah, I think, I think I got this figured out. Like mm-hmm. Josh and I talk all the time. That's, that's all I need. And that, I, that was nothing further from the truth. Like I needed more mentorship. And when, when we got to the super conference, that was kind of the thing that popped the, popped the egg. So yeah, fingers crossed. Um, the other thing that you should do is when we can get back together, you should host another super conference. Cause I think everybody listening here should be there. Already in the works, my friend. Already in the works. So, yeah. We've, I'll guarantee uh, that I'll break dance for you. If that's, uh... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing too, Kurt, that along the way um, that I know you guys have done a good job of from the outside perspective, it's not just that you observed, but you really seem to get involved in uh, groups that were presenting a system. So the SFMA is a systematic approach to evaluation and rehab, right? And CFSC is a systematic approach to exercise progression, regression, and, um, and even in business, you know, business operations, you guys seem to systematize things well. And I think that's important for people to look out for. Like, there are a lot of good courses out there, but if they can't hand you the outline of it, you know, on one page, it's like, eh, maybe it's not refined enough. That's one thing that I've always loved about And that's one of the reasons I tell people like, the CFSC is just, the only systematic approach to exercise I've ever seen where I'm like, this makes perfect sense. And it's A, B, C, or D. Now you don't have to stay in that your whole time, but just start there, tell your patients, Hey, this is where we're going to start. We're going to progress to here. And it offers reassurance, you know? And it's just like when you take your kids to the pediatrician and they're like, Hey, we're going to do these four, you know, we're going to do these things in this order over this many years. It's like, okay, well, you know, although I might not, I might disagree with one or two steps within there, uh, just the fact that it's laid out is okay. Now I have clarity, you know? Right. And I think that's a, that's a huge deal. So, uh, well, I, I certainly appreciate you guys being on today. So you guys are focused on health chiropractic in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, for those listening that are like looking for something to do either preceptorship, I think it's worth reaching out. I know you guys get hit up all the time for that. So don't be heartbroken if there's no room for you, if you listen to this, but then also check out that Tri-11 program, which is the basically what to do once you graduate for the next few months to really learn this, right? Yep. Awesome. And even if somebody can't preceptor, they, I'm sure you guys are gracious enough to allow them to observe for a day or two. Yeah. As as they provide shadowing. really good coffee and are willing to sit bourbon with you afterwards, right? <laughs> exactly. Shadowing, uh, shadowing just offers an opportunity to create a relationship and kind of the cool thing about hanging out at all these cool conferences and SFMA courses and whatnot is we meet a lot of great people. So if we can't place you in Columbia, we might be able to get you involved in Tennessee with Dr. Holm or in Troy with Dr. Winchester. There's so many great places that want to help cultivate this profession in an impactful way. And we're fortunate enough to know a lot of those folks. And yeah. bring your questions. We always have people asking, you know, really great questions. That's how Tri-11 came about is like those questions we took and made, cor- you know, course content on it because we got asked that a lot. So um, we're always listening and wanting to hear what you need answered and we'll add it to the, the digital course. That's awesome. All right. Well, on behalf of the team Kippenberger out in Columbia, Missouri, this is Dr. Josh Satterley, Satterley saying, go out there. maximize your life license and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. 
got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients. 